This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. There's no place like home for the holidays or homedepot.com for holiday decor with Black Friday prices inside and out. Like artificial Christmas trees starting at just $39.98 or outside lights and playful inflatables to bring joy to the neighborhood. Order holiday decor online and you'll even get free delivery. Holiday decorating improved with an assortment of holiday decor plus free online delivery from homedepot.com. How doers get more done while supplies last. I'm Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Injury Lawyers, and you know what makes me mad? When insurance companies deny your claim for no good reason. That's why people call me. I'm the lawyer insurance companies don't want to deal with. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, William Lou. I'm here to speak on this completely bullshit of a game. I know it sounds like it was a close game, like it was a fun game, like it was hotly contested. The Raptors losing by a score of 121 to 119. I'm here to tell you that was not the case. This was a, uh, quite honestly, the most frustrating game of the season for the Raptors. And look, the Raptors have had some bad performances. That Spurs game was awful. Um... You know, they've had, uh, you know, that uh, Sixers game, they got blown out by like 25, 30. Um, That Orlando game, they they got randomly blown out. They've had some strange losses. This one, though, is the most frustrating. When I say frustrating, I really mean that it's not like the Raptors didn't have a chance to beat the Houston Rockets on this night, right? First off, this isn't even the full Houston Rockets squad. Right, they're literally signing guys off the street right now, and they're just putting them to the, the, the lineup. Like, they started uh, Austin Rivers and Kenneth Fareed, who they literally just picked up this year on minimum deals. Um, and those two guys were great. Those two guys were, were great tonight. Um, and you know, there's no CP3, there's no Clint Capella, there's really no continuity, and really the Rockets have only gone by by James Harden scoring like 50 points a game, literally 50 points a game. And the Raptors, actually, to their credit, the one thing they did well today was guard James Harden. All right? Now, James Harden saw 35 points, but he shot 9 of 25 from the field, 2 of 13 from 3. He got 15 free throws because, you know, you, you just can't touch James Harden. But for the most part, the Raptors did a pretty good job against the one thing that the Rockets have been doing well. It's just the rest of the game. They were... When I say frustrating, I mean, like, the Raptors were so incredibly soft inside like they just their paint defense was so bad they couldn't rebound Kenneth Fareed looked like freaking Shaquille O'Neal out there all right this 
And look, man, we saw Kenneth Fareed like two weeks ago, right? The Raptors played the Nets. Fareed was there. I know it's a different motivation. You know, I'm sure he wasn't who cares about playing with the Nets or whatever, and he got bought out eventually. But god damn, man. Kenneth Fareed looked like a... I mean, six offensive rebounds by himself. Eight of 11 from the field. Incredible defensively, actually. And Fareed's actually a guy who's really known for being a bad defender, despite being very athletic. Normally known as a bad... And to be honest, this guy hasn't even had a good game in like two years. Like two years he hasn't had a real moment. And of course, the Raptors make him look incredible, basically. And uh, so, okay, so first first half, the Raptors give up 70 points right off the bat. I mean, they were down 20 real quick, really quick. Raptors second unit was not doing it. Craig Monroe has been so unplayably bad in the last three games. He came in for seven minutes, was a minus 11. He had a stretch where, and not to pick on Moose, right? Like, look, whatever. He's like the 12th guy on the team, and this is a stretch in the second quarter. Whatever. All things considered, kind of inconsequential. But it's just frustrating. You know what I mean? Like, it's frustrating that the Rockets could go get a guy like Fareed off the street and give you 21 and 14. Give You, you can get Austin Rivers, who gives you 13, 5, and 6, and pretty good defense. Blowing by Kyle Lowry, by the way. Just line drive, blowed right by Kyle Lowry. Cool. You know, cool. But, um... You know, meanwhile, the Raptors, Monroe, I mean, like, man, there was a stretch where he had a wide-open layup. He flubs it. Then the other way down, I think it was Eric Gordon running a pick-and-roll. Monroe literally moves out of the way so that Gordon can have a wide-open layup. Like, he was in position to defend, and he was like, oh, shit, I forgot I'm terrible at defense. I'm going to move aside instead. And then, on the next trip down, Raptors get the stop. It's Monroe. The ball literally falls into Monroe's hands. And it's like, all right, cool. He's got a defensive rebound. Nope. Austin Rivers comes in and just pokes that shit away from him. Like, man. Those, I mean, yeah, Raptors fall down 20. Defensively, again, they were doing, they did a pretty good job against Harden. Like, Harden was not shooting well the whole entire night. He couldn't really get his offense going. The Raptors had a really good, smart defensive game plan, which is really, look, you got to concede something. And what they conceded were drives. And, you know, so what they did was they sat literally parallel to James Harden on his left hand so that he couldn't get to it. Um, they sat on the step back as much as possible, try to contest with length, and um, they forced Harden to drive. And when Harden did drive, the Raptors would send help at the rim. However, in the first half, I mean, Monroe was just, we know Monroe was bad on defense, but Surge in the first half was so bad. Now, Surge recovered. And he had a better second half. He fouled out, but he was better on the defensive glass and stuff. But in the first half, Serge was so late with the help. And when he did bring help, he would, like, leave Farid open. I mean, again, Harden makes a lot of the bigs look bad. But I know Serge is better than that. And Serge was just really disappointing in the first half. Um, but really, it was just, like, just small miscommunications. Like, Eric Gordon was getting, like, so many open threes for the Rockets. And the Rockets didn't even shoot that well. As a team, they shot 10 of 46. And they were really just bailed out from the free throw line where they shot 29 to 33. That's incredible, 88%. Shot at 88 rising. But, I mean, like, man. So, the Raptors didn't play any defense in the first half. It's like, all right, cool. Right? You know, really towards the second half of uh, of the second quarter, they were starting to get their defense set. Third quarter, the defense was pretty good. And even the fourth quarter, the defense was fine. What happened in the second half, though, the Raptors just couldn't execute offensively. Now, they still had 58 points in the second half, so it looks kind of silly for me to say that. However, nine of those points in the fourth quarter came in, like, the last, I don't know, 40 seconds or something like that. The Rockets just started giving the ball away, and the Raptors would hit threes. Okay, so that kind of salvaged it. But really, the Raptors couldn't generate any offense at all, really consistently, because the Rockets would switch, and... um 
they would have their big men show aggressively to the perimeter. Again, when your big man is Kenneth Reed, I mean, his number one defensive trait is athleticism. So I, I guess coming come out and be athletic uh, and on the perimeter and stuff like that is actually a pretty good call. But really, the Raptors couldn't attack in, in uh, on these switches, right? They would try to attack these mismatches. They would go to Pascal Siakam in the post. He was really bad in the post. I don't think he scored a single time in the post today. Um, he was in transition. He had threes or whatever, but just was not there uh, in terms of the post-up offense. Um and, you know, Kawhi had some offense there. I mean, he still finished with 32 points. You can't really blame him, although he was a little bit turnover prone. Surge was not effective on post-ups on switches, especially against Harden. The Raptors kept trying to go at Harden. It just, aside from Danny Green taking a baseline for a drive, it just didn't work. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it just it wasn't working. And really, what I mean, Van Vliet, too. Oh, my God. Watching Van Vliet, for, Van Vliet had a great stretch in the second quarter where he kind of pulled the Raptors. I mean, the Raptors were literally in danger of falling down 30, and Van Vliet did a pretty good thing. In the first half, to give the Raptors a couple of baskets, drop to the rim a couple of times, and transition things like that. But in the second half, in the fourth quarter especially, watching Van Vliet try to force a shot, you know Van Vliet's like five foot two, and then he's going up against like he makes Eric Gordon look like LeBron, like it, like man, like the the Raptors just could not get an cannot get a shot right. Normally the Raptors go pick and roll over and over and over again. They get a lot of great looks in pick and roll. Serge gets his, you know. Uh, pick and pop jumper, Siakam can roll to the basket, the Raptors can kick it out to the corner three, whatever, right? None of that was happening because the Rockets were switching everything. So there was no advantage. There was no pick and pop for surge. There's nothing really for the Raptors to attack. They really just had to hit those mismatches. And, you know, they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. Like, again, Leonard was decent at it, and he, uh, he was productive, and he did his part. But really, what it really comes down to is the same issue that I've talked about in this podcast a couple times. The Raptors need secondary scoring. And you look at tonight. Kyle Lowry had nine points on two and nine shooting. One of six from the three-point line. Now he, he had 11 assists, and he was doing a good job of that. And uh, But, I mean, nine points is just not going to get it done, period. Nine points is not going to get it done. It, it's it's just not it's, it's not enough. And it's not just nine points. It's really the idea that, like, in the first half, the, the Rockets switched, and it was Fareed guarding Kyle Lowry. And Kyle couldn't even get a good shot. He got like a turnaround mid-range shot that was contested. And it, it didn't go in, obviously. But, I mean, it was just like Kyle kind of realized, like, yeah, I can't get my shot tonight. And so he just stopped trying? I don't know. In the fourth quarter, it was Lowry plus bench. Usually Lowry plus bench, Lowry's handling the ball all the time. I mean, if he's not, he's aggressively trying to cut off ball, try to you know come around to screens, get open for three. Nothing. Really, really passive performance. He would rather have Norman Powell create an offense or... Fred Van Vliet create offense. Like, that's the time where Kyle Lowry needs to come in and give you offense. The the, the Raptors, um, they started the fourth quarter with an ultra-small lineup where I think OG Ananobi was the center. Um, I, I don't know, man. It was very confusing. And um, But they had, a, they had a lot of guards out there. And, you know, they had a stretch. They, I mean, the Rockets were missing some open threes. It was like a 10-point game. The Raptors could sort of cut into it a little bit. And they just really didn't because Kyle just basically took his foot off the gas, but he just wasn't aggressive. He just wasn't aggressive. And nine points, man. I know the guy's hurt. I I get it, right? But, like, damn. You know what I mean? It's not even like, okay, so Kyle Stoke contributed, whatever. He did this. Of course he's going to contribute. He's a smart player. He's he's a veteran player. You know, he was formerly a very good player. But, I mean, this season, like, when you need offense out of Kyle, has he created that? I would say no. I would say I think it's clear that it's no. It's it's not even close to a yes, really. 
And, and it's again, you got to look in the trends of these big games. These and and you know whatever you can define big games in all of our different many ways because people will be like, well, what about when he had the the games against the Clippers and and the Warriors and it was like you know Kyle was great. Kyle was great in those two games, definitely. No, you know, no debate there. Kyle Lowry was great in those two games, right? But were there really pressure pack games? Were there any expectations? I mean, was it not November? Like, it's like all right, cool. All right, I mean. Cool. He had some of those games. Was it, were the Warriors playing particularly hard in that game when the Raptors won? I don't think so. And were the Clippers playing that well? I mean, the Clippers were a complete no-show in that game. So when you look at the big games, like the truly the big games, I mean, at Boston, right? Uh, November 16th, Kyle Lowry. In a, in a seven-point loss, this is an overtime. Raptors, you know, of, of course, had a chance to win in regulation. Three for 12 from the field. For 14 points, Kyle Lowry. got the free throw line a lot that night, but 14 points, not not exactly what you would expect. Um, that Pistons game, a high pressure game at home at the ACC. Kyle Lowry said he wanted to beat Dwayne Casey, and what happened? Raptors lose by two. Kyle Lowry in that game, six for 10, 14 points. Eh, not great. Um, you look at that. You look at that that first Warriors game, 4 for 14, 10 points. Remember, he famously passed up that one shot, and he did hit a corner shot later on in that game, but 10 points is 10 points, and that's an overtime game where he played 41 minutes. And then Denver, <laughs> at home, 1 for 7, 5 points. And then the Brooklyn game, lost in overtime, 3 points, 1 for 8. And then the day after, Milwaukee, 0 points, 0 for 5. Again, big game at home. The Raptors should not have lost that game, but they did lose that game because Kyle had zero points. And, uh, you know, he missed some time, okay, and since he's come back, he's been up and down, really. I, I You know, he's had some positive performances, I thought, against Indiana, who was very positive, but today, man, just wasn't there. Nine points. And, again, this is going to become an issue, all right? Kawhi can do a lot for you. He can really do a lot for you, and you can't really ask him to do more than 32 points on 19 shots. That's great. But someone else has got to carry that secondary scoring load. Pascal can get you points sort of out of hustle plays, out of sort of transition. And and, and I know these things sound sort of menial, but when you total it all together, Pascal is going to get you like 12 to 15. And some nights he can give you 20. A lot of nights this year he's giving you 20. Serge can give you some points, depending on the way the defense plays the Raptors. Serge is going to get open a lot, and he's been pretty consistent in closing. Today, Serge wasn't open, so he just wasn't able to get shots. He wasn't able to create. Danny Green is able to step up his game. He had 22 points today. He was fantastic on both ends of the floor. Um, and even a guy like Norman Powell can come in and give you some points off scoring off the bench. He's really gotten better. And tonight, he, I thought he was decent. But it really comes down to who is your secondary shot creator, right? Who is, When Kawhi Leonard sits for a while with the bench, right? When the bench is out there, someone's got to lead the bench, right? You put Kyle in there. Kyle used to be great with the bench. What's going on this year? What's going on? Is the back injury that bad? I, I don't know, but it, it's it's looking bad. And then, really, the worst part about this game was that the Raptors made this shambolic comeback because the Rockets decided to stop. Like, they just, like, forgot to play basketball. Like, Kawhi came down, hit a three, and then, like, the Rockets inbounded, but then P.J. Tucker just, like, threw the ball out of bounds, and then the Raptors come back with another three, and then... Um, the Rockets with another random turnover. I don't know what happened. Like, Eric Gordon stepped on the sideline or whatever. And then the, the Raptors had, like, Danny Green in the corner for three after, like, the Raptors took, like, four open threes and Pascal just kept getting the rebound. And then Pascal had an open three. I, I don't know. But 
it basically came down to the Raptors had the ball back, down two with 15 seconds left. And you're thinking, wow, after this whole entire bullshit performance of the Raptors, where they were just so inconsistent both ways, they still have a chance, right? They have a timeout. They call timeout. Nick Nurse, the man who replaced Dwayne Casey because he is what many people had called uh, for many years an offensive savant. He's this and this and this. He did all this stuff with the Houston, the Rockets, Vipers, whatever the hell their G League team is called. You know, they won some championships. And it's like, all right, Nick Nurse is going to come in and drop a brilliant play. And, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, mm, I don't know. Nick Nurse hasn't really had that many, at least game on the line plays. You know, he's had a lot of good fourth quarter plays, and I've given him a lot of credit for those. And really, I've done so in the last two games. But end of the game plays, what has he really gone to, right? We had, what, Kyle Lowry in the backcourt against Washington, right? <laughs> it's like four seconds left. Kyle Lowry gets the ball in the backcourt, throws a heave, no chance. Um, you know, we've had a lot of Kawhi Leonard isolation. And it's either straight isolation or it's like uh, one ball screen to get a, a good switch and then try to attack from there. And that's the one he chose today. So he, he called timeout. He had, you know, he didn't advance the ball. He had 16 seconds. He amounted it straight to Kawhi, and it was very slow. It was not well executed. Norm came into screen so that you know they could get PJ off of Kawhi and they could put uh, James Harden onto Kawhi. But then, like all they ended up with was like a leaning fadeaway three that was an air ball, and there was no. I mean. Just a golden opportunity wasted, man. I mean, like, okay. You couldn't get a better shot than that. You really, really can't get a better shot than that. That's the best shot you can get is Norman Powell screening for Kawhi Leonard so he could take a fadeaway three with a hand in his face. Harden actually played pretty good defense there. I mean, anyone will play good defense in that situation. But still, that's the play you come up with. No, no, No moving, no cutting, nothing. Just, all right, cool, cool. Anyway, look, the Raptors lost. Is, is it a huge indictment on the team? No. Does it? But does it expose some worrying trends that have played out throughout the season? Yes. Kyle Lowry not being able to become the secondary scorer, and also Kawhi Leonard, and really, I mean, I don't even put it on Kawhi so much as I put it on Nick Nurse because it's really on him to direct the offense. But the the late game play calling has been trash. Um, a couple of rotation notes before I move on to the stars. Again, I apologize for this game, this recap being very, you know. Just uh, agitated. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, if you watch this game, trust me, that's how you're feeling right now. Like, the Raptors really played their most frustrating game of the season. But um, a couple rotation notes. Um, OG back in the lineup after missing some time due to, uh, you know, personal reasons. I thought he was actually decent defensively, um, but didn't get a lot of run, only 11 minutes. I really th- thought that OG should have saw more time. But, okay, maybe they're trying to ease him back in or something. Um, other thing that's very strange, DeLon Wright, DNPCD, coach's decision. I, I don't know what the explanation is. I'm sure someone's going to ask him, and uh, who knows? I, I don't know. Maybe Blake has the answer, but uh, I don't know. DeLon just wasn't in the game at all. Pat McCaw got into the game before him. CJ Miles got in the game before him. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I I don't know. Is there is there a trade coming? Like, what's going on? He's healthy. It's not like he's hurt. He, he is healthy. So, it is. Uh, it is. It is confusing. It is. Uh, it's. Oh, Nick Nurse said no right today was just a rotation thing. Want to go bigger with Ananobi and get shooting off Miles tonight. 
okay, you want to go bigger, but you got Fred VanVleet out there. Fred VanVleet. Okay, all right, Nick Nurse. We, the conversation needs to be needs to. <laughs> conversation needs to be started about Nick Nurse, man. Holy crap, this game was just. I mean, look, man. Hey, if you wanted to make some rotational adjustments coming into this game, one thing would have been not playing Greg Monroe at all. Even seven minutes was too much. Minus eleven. But uh, wow, wow. Anyway, uh, in terms of your three stars, Danny Green, number one, great performance. Uh, executed defensive game plan against James Harden really well. He was the primary defender against James. Now Harden saw at thirty-five, but. Harden shot 9 of 25 from the field and 2 of 13 from deep and really got bailed out in some free throws. But what else is new? Um, I would say Kawhi is number 2, 32 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals. I would say the one thing I do agree with Nick Nurse, Nick Nurse did go and talk about how Kawhi deserved more free throws. And really, the Rockets were incredibly physical. Now, if you play a switching scheme, generally speaking... Uh, the smaller defender is always allowed to get away with way more shit than a bigger defender would. Like, if it's a big defender against a small guy, everything is gets called. Whereas a small guy versus a big guy, nothing gets called. And the Rockets really use that to their advantage. They're very, very physical against Kawhi Leonard. And he could have easily gone to the line 15 times. Whereas Harden should really have gone for seven. You know what I mean? Like, that should be reversed. But, you know, regardless. Okay, so, but even though there's a lot of contact, whatever, Kawhi's still going to produce. Even with P.J. Tucker fouling him on every single trip down the floor. I'm not exaggerating. Every single trip. Um, Kawhi, 32 points, still contributed. The turnovers are not great, and obviously the end of game execution was not great, but you, I don't know, man. Kawhi, Kawhi did his job. And then third star, I'll give it to Pascal. Uh, you know, weird game in which I, I look at the box room, I'm like, I can't believe he has 22 points, 12 rebounds, 3 assists on 9 of 15 shooting with 2 threes. But, I mean, he was just very ineffective in the post, but I, I guess otherwise he was he did so much in between in terms of hitting open threes, transition, you know, putbacks, stuff like that, that you know, he gave the Raptors a chance to uh, get back into this game. So, uh, and then in terms of your Gerald Henderson award, I talked about out top. Uh, Kenneth Fareed was uh, a man possessed, man. 21 points, 8 of 11 shooting, 14 rebounds. This man signed for the minimum, man. Meanwhile, we signed Greg Monroe for the minimum. It's tough, tough. Anyway, the Raptors play uh, again on Sunday. That, that podcast is going to come out a little bit later because I'll be seeing uh, Mick Jenkins instead of uh, this very sad, pathetic uh, team. Especially, you know what? It's not a pathetic team. It's just every time they go to like Texas this year, they've been really bad. You know, there's a Spurs game. That was awful. And then this one's right up there with the Spurs game in terms of how frustrating it was. So hopefully it's uh, not so bad against Luka Doncic and uh, the Mavericks. I mean, they should be able to win that one, but who knows? Who knows? This this team has suddenly become very inconsistent. Like, who knows with this team? But, uh, yeah, that's that's the game recap. That's the game recap. I don't know. I'll be back on Sunday night a little bit later than usual to recap uh, the Raptors game. Peace. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? 
In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply.